This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Kim Grinolds of Dogman.com with Scott Eklund and intern Jack McCauley, who finally shows up for his first fall practice 2021 uh, debut, I guess, we were what you call debut here today. But uh, Chris Fetter's off day, taking care of some stuff and uh, well-deserved day off. But uh, open practice today, open scrimmage with the... Uh, Open for fans and not a big crowd at all, but it was pretty obvious Dylan Morris was right on today. He was uh, focused, dialed in, and had a really good day. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I mean, he started off sharp right from the beginning. He went three for three on his first uh, possession that he had in team session. First throw went for a 25-yard gain for a touchdown to Romo Dunsey. Then he finds Jalen McMillan across the middle for a, for a what, 13, 14-yard gain, whatever it was. Um, just looked solid, looked in control, had a nice throw later in practice to Terrell Bynum for a, what, 20, 25-yard uh, touchdown pass as well. I thought it was probably his best day of camp so far. Also, 27-yard touchdown pass a little bit later in the period to uh, Kate Otten, who seems to be his, I don't know if you want to call it safety blanket or uh, Mr. Dependable, but uh, yeah, Dylan Morris just really looked sharp today, and then in addition to that, no turnovers. One bad throw he probably shouldn't have thrown, but uh, you know, overall, I thought Dylan Morris was sharp. He kind of had to throw he that had, pass. It was, it was yeah. three seconds left in the quarter, fourth, down. Or fourth down, yeah, he had to throw it. But kind of like Kim said, this is my first practice back. So I saw Dylan in the spring, and then this was my first practice. I saw him in the fall, and I thought he took a big step forward. Man, he looked real sharp, especially that first throw. Um, outside linebackers got a little pressure. He stepped up, and it was a it was a dart to Rome. Um, and he looked. He started out six for six, just looked real smooth. Found his receivers, um, like Kim kind of said, Kate Otten, you know. He's a great safety blanket to have, uh, and yeah, he looked exceptional. Made all the right reads, and he threw a pretty ball. The thing about D- Dylan that's really you know changed for me is he just looks. He's not panicking at all. He's not processing. You know, his the hamsters aren't going upstairs going a hundred miles an hour. But he slowed it down, and he looks totally in command of the offense out there. Yeah, um, Henry Banavalu in the presser noted that you know. Dylan is, re- you know, he's he's real calm. He's a real calming force, and like clearly that was shown today. Um, you know, I think like you know that first throw, I, he could have stepped back and tried to run around a little bit, but stepped up, made a nice throw, and you know just looks real patient, and it helps. You know, 
helps to have a good offensive line too that you know puts that calming pressure on you it's almost like he has the keys to the car and he can go anywhere he wants to go you know and when o'brien and heward get the car they got the keys but they're only a lot i mean they can only go around the block you mm -hmm. know so um you know dylan's uh, got the full playbook at his disposal he looks like he's making the right um checks you know at the line of scrimmage he's you know finding the correct wide receiver and he's throwing the ball in the right place and his touch has been really good but you know one of the things you know with dylan coming out of high school scott was a lot of people didn't think he had a strong arm I mean, he's got a plenty strong enough arm yeah that throw that he had to a dunsey on i think it was third and 11 third and 12 whatever it was for 18 yards he had he threw it over the linebackers in front of the safeties um, and away from the corners. I mean, it was a perfect throw. He zipped it right in. I mean, it, it got there fast. And uh, Dylan has always had a very strong arm. He just didn't get to showcase it that much at Graham Kapowson in the offense that they ran. But he's got a strong enough arm. His, his real um, bugaboo was, and we saw it last year, was he – really hadn't been able to get down the timing on the long on the long throws well his long throws have looked really good much better than they were um last fall and we didn't see him in camp because we didn't get to see practices and spring ball he looked okay but he looks much more advanced as a passer yeah yeah I, you know like you said the big the big bugaboo was the long ball and he, he the t i mean i felt like he tried to you know put a little too much on it overthrew it in spring and, and then last season as well I mean, you know, like Scott said, that throw to Rome for 18 yards was, you know, it, he couldn't have put it in a better place, you know. Um, just a little more and it was going it was going over the top. Just a little less, it was hitting the linebackers. And I, I think there's a big, big difference between him and the next guy. Yeah, it's, you know, some people have been commenting on the inability to throw the ball down the field. Well, Dylan's not going to force it and make mistakes. You know, Sam Heward's going to have a tendency to, you know, take a few more chances and, you know, fit it in there and get it downfield. But, you know, just off of my brief notes quickly, you know, 27, uh, 13, and then 3, 8, 3, 12, 10, 27. And when you start seeing the threes and the eights, those are dump downs. He's not going to force it. He's going to take what the defenses give him and, you know, move the chains and move on to the next play. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that, especially when you're playing, you know, uh, against nickel coverages and dime coverages and two uh, high safeties that are playing really deep and wide receivers playing way off as well. Yeah. There's times you just got to take what's there. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, you know, when we take a look at um, – you know, uh, I thought Patrick O'Brien had a few moments. Like I said, he's just, I hate to say the word just a guy, you know, but I think he's a real competent backup. Um, he just doesn't do a, I, you mentioned it, Scott. He just doesn't seem to do a lot to excite you or move the needle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, in spring ball, we saw him come on at the se in the second week of camp, and he was really uh, putting some pressure on Dylan. I think he put some pressure on the defense and all that kind of stuff, but um, so far this camp, he hasn't really advanced past that. He hasn't taken that next step. And I thought maybe, uh, we would see that a little bit more. Now we've got, uh, three more practices to watch. Um, and then two more after that. So five practices total to watch what he, what he's able to do in fall camp. And then they're going to really get into game prep. And, and so, I mean, <clears throat> Jimmy already said that in his mind, the starting job is already won. It's it's Dylan McMorris's, but you know uh, Patrick O'Brien will be needed at some point this year, whether it's in backup duty, like mop up duty, or whether it's in 
it it's God forbid, knock on wood, Dylan Morris gets hurt. So you get you're gonna have to see him. So they need to get him reps and he needs to come on and be making plays too. Well the other thing too, you know, we do these practice reports and people just take bits and pieces or skim and a lot of what we're seeing out there and we've seen it since day one is a lot of situational football. Um, two minute drills, you know, and short yardage situations. So, you know, a lot of the like you said, you know, the bad throw that Dylan had, it was fourth down. He had to throw it, you know, where it might seem like a bad throw to many. I mean, it's fourth down, you know. So um it's and just you have three seconds left. And it's and good coverage by you're, the defense. you're down yeah. seven. That that was the scenario they put him in. Context, it means a lot, you know, and when you put everything in context. I thought Dylan Morris had the best day. And I think the pecking order that we're seeing, you know, we also saw them in that pecking order of who had the best days. I think it was obvious that Dylan had the best day. I think it was obvious that Patrick O'Brien was next. And I think it was obvious that Sam Hewitt had, you know, the third best day. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll see if, you know, Sam, uh, you know, uh, I think the first series, was he with the twos? Yes. You know, yep. so because he's typically running with the threes and he's running with the threes across the board, but he's also facing the third team defense. Mm -hmm. So, um, like I said, I, I think the pecking order as of right now has been pretty well established. Yeah, I I don't think there's any doubt that that's the case. Yeah, and I um, kind of like him. O'Brien doesn't move the needle, but he seems like a guy who's you know he seems confident enough in himself, and I think he's a good serviceable backup. But you know, when you're talking about quarterback competition, he just isn't putting up too much of a fight to the incumbent. And you know, you're talking about Dylan Morris having a good day. Uh, I thought the defense played real well today. As yeah, well. I thought the defense had their moments. Um, I I would say if we were grading this on an overall scale, the offense had a better day than the defense. But it was close. I mean, the D had a couple picks. Uh, I've, I had uh, Irvin with a pick. Ben Hines ended the practice with a pick. And then, then was it Esteen maybe with yeah. the tip? Uh, they got, they got no, M Michelle Powell. That's Michelle right. Powell. Michelle Powell had the diving interception. Those are the only three I can remember. There might have been a fourth, but I, those are the only three I can remember. But there were several times when the defense timed a blitz perfectly um, off of the edge, and Kyler Gordon gets a sack on Morris, who didn't even see it coming. Oh. I mean, he didn't see that at all. Um, it was coming off the left side. He didn't to see, see it. Yeah, yeah, it was. Cannon. It was crazy. <laughs> it was a great design. Ulafosio yeah. kind of got on the outside of Kirkland, and then Gord I mean, yeah. Gordon. You know, that guy just shut up. Yeah, yeah, and then, but then you also see Jackson Sermon get in for a tackle for loss on Richard Newton on uh, first and goal from the two. Uh, he had a nice play there. Um, I saw. Uh, Tuli uh, Letu Ligasanoa um, kind of get inside on Henry Bainavalu, who was riding him out, and Dylan didn't move. I thought Dylan would have moved to his left and kept the play alive, but Tuli just goes in and gets the sack on him. So, um, trying to think, um, Cameron Fabi Kulana got in. For another thing about Tuli, though, I think one, you know one thing people like to point out about last year with the D line is the run defense, and I thought Tuli looked really good on the run defense. Mm -hmm. Had some great containments. Um, there's a couple times they're down in the red zone. Um, I'm, I'm thinking one time specifically they ran to the right, and Thule was really able to get off the block. Um, uh, Bain of Alu, and you know mm -hmm. he, he was just a stone wall for, for linebacker Ula, Ula Foscio and Sermon yeah. to come make a play. I mean, that's exactly what you want to see from him. Do you think uh, Dom Hampton's going to get a little bit of a talking to for the hit he put on? No, it was Kato. live. <laughs> it was live. That was a live rep. 
He lit Kate Otten up yeah, pretty that, good. That right twenty-seven the, yarder right down the seam, man. It was he. He hit Otten hard. That's a tough guy to. That's yeah. a tough guy to hit too. Yeah. He well, he hit him right in the midsection. That's the kind that if you're getting hit like that, yeah. you're gonna. It's not unusual if you lose your lunch. He got yeah. hit hard right yeah, in the midsection. He mid did. Section. He did, and but he holds on to it, and and, yeah. uh, and Washington ends up with first and goal. Yeah, you mentioned Jackson Sermon, and I think he's really come on. And I mentioned this before. He seemed to be the pinata that some people have to have last year but uh, I think he's had a really nice camp um, I think he's changed his body he's trimmer he's bulked up uh, I think Jackson Sermon and Eddie uh, Ulifosio are just a really solid tandem back there and then behind them you've got uh, Tafisi and Daniel Hamuli and I thought Hamuli had another good practice oh Hamuli that was uh, he's outside of Sermon Hamuli might be the guy who looked exceptional to me there's a couple times he got in the backfield for a sack he had a nice sack um, he looks great on run defense coverage. I mean, he's definitely going to be fighting for a lot of reps this fall. So don't be surprised if you see Hamuli getting a lot of playing time because, man, I thought he looked ex- exceptional today. Yeah, I mean, these are still young guys, you know, and some guys the light clicks on a lot earlier than other guys. And, uh, you know, every every year we seem to have a guy or two where the light really comes on. And I think it's fair to say, Daniel, the light has come on with Daniel mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's not to badmouth him at all. It's just sometimes it's just a maturity process. Mm-hmm. Some are further along in that process. But uh, I, th- I thought Daniel Hamuli, uh, you know, has really come on. And MJ Tafisi, I don't think has come on as much. But, uh, you know, there's still a lot of time on that. And, again, you know, just it's funny because we've been through these camps where guys haven't done really that much. But then when the lights come on and, the pads come on and the stadium is full. We go, okay, we didn't see that all fall. Yeah, they're difference makers. Yeah, they really, really are. Um, you know, just getting back to the offensive side of the ball, you know, wide receivers had a good day. Yeah, and we've already kind of mentioned it a little bit. I thought O'Dunsey had one of his best days. Jalen McMillan definitely had his best day. Terrell Bynum continues to just be the steady guy, got, gets open. That, that pass that Morris threw to him where he hadn't even broken open yet, and Morris starts to throw it. He breaks open, gets a 25-yard touchdown. Look, just made it look easy. I mean, it was it was a thing of beauty. Uh, Sawyer Racanelli was not on the field today. Um, I didn't see a lot from Jalen Polk. Um, I did see a lot from Jabez Tanay. He had probably one of his better practices as well. Yeah, you know, and not all of them coming from Sam Heward either. Nope. So, um, you know, a few of them were, but not all of them. Yeah, but I, I thought the wide receivers have really come along, you know, and I still think, you know, with people worried about the passing game and worried about the wide receivers, you know, once we start getting into these games and they see how dominant I expect this running game to be and you start play-actioning off that run and you're sucking those safeties up and you're sucking those linebackers up, it's going to be a lot easier for those guys to get separation and find Yeah, I think one, one guy you guys forgot to mention too was Giles Jackson. I, mm, thought he yeah. had, I thought he had a good day as well. There's a couple times, you know, he's known for his speed and he got out. Um, I think, I'm thinking of one play in particular. It was about a 20-yard gain or so. He got out into the middle of the field, had to fight off a ref in a, mm-hmm. in a corner, you know, got open. And... Also, these cornerbacks are no slouches either. You know, McDuffie, projected first-round pick. Gordon, you know, we the athletic traits are there. And these wide receivers really stepped up to the task today. Especially, you know, I've been only able to read and only see, oh, you know, wide receivers drop balls, you know, not getting open and whatnot. I thought McMillan looked really, really good today. There's one catch in particular. It was only for a five, six-yard gain or so, but he had two 
a linebacker in a corner draped on him, was able to pull it down. Um, I think that's a catch that, you know, he might have not made last year or in the year before. Did you hear Jack kind of state that he didn't believe my what I was writing? He's young. Yeah. He's yeah. Young. Um, yeah, you know, when we, everybody's worried about the drops, I can't remember a drop. I think there was one, but the fact that I can't remember the, it means... The that- only drop I remember was Kate Otten, and it was... As the ball's hitting him in the hands, Bookie times it perfectly and hits him from behind, and the ball pops down. It's the only drop I really remember. Especially, it was a good good defensive play. Overall, good day for the wide receiver. Absolutely was. Yeah, and uh, you know, post game we got to talk to some guys, including Keith Bonifa um, and um, Henry Bainavalu. But I thought the most interesting uh, was uh, from Richard Newton. Um, We also got Vic Kern too. Yeah, it's just to kind of set the stage. You know, Rich comes up. And he's got on a dark gray tank top, and I'm going, okay, if I looked like that, I wouldn't wear a shirt, and or I'd wear a tank top if I was going into a restaurant. He is put together. I mean, he he is re. I mean, he is really put together, and it's not just from the waist up. Mm-hmm. He's got he's pretty big down down low. He's mm-hmm. got some huge legs on him and those hips. But I thought he was really interesting to talk to today. Yeah, it, well, it's the first time that I can re- that I'm remembering. I don't remember us in 2019 really talking to him. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, it's this has really been our first chance to really get to know him. He talked about a little bit and didn't go super in depth, but talked about some of the stuff he was going through last year why he didn't play for the two weeks that he didn't play. He was a healthy scratch for those last two games. Um, Just talked about how he needed to get his head right, needed to just get everything in the right focus. And and I asked about his relationship with Coach Bonifa, and he just – he couldn't be more effusive in the in the way how much he appreciated Bonifa and the, the lessons he tried to teach him. Well, you know, and, and I talked to him about this, and when we talked to Jimmy, he said, you know, in this day and age, you know, with the transfer portal, a lot of kids at the first sign of that adversity or trouble, they just run for the first exit. And I think it would have been really easy for Rich Newton to do that after what he did his freshman year and then not playing in those final two games. And I think it would have been really easy for a guy like that to run to the door, but he stuck it out, and you just take a look at him, and it's just kind of like, wow. Oh, absolutely. And he just looks like, you know, he walks in, you know, all eyes are just like, whoa, like, who is this guy? Um, but he looks he looks the part to be a great, to, to be a lead running back or fight for, you know, the top carries on the team, um, you know. You know, it's hard. It's hard to gauge. You know, running backs in camp just because you know you're not you're not blowing people up. But you know, you can tell with his running style too. He likes to punish people and he likes to run hard and downhill. When was the last time we had a running back that described the what he wants to do and used the word violent? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think. I mean, Miles Gaskin ran violently for a guy who was on the smaller side. But he didn't run like Richard Newton runs. No, I mean, I think the last guy to run as physical as Richard is is going to be Chris Polk. I think that's the last guy who's running as physical as him. And and Chris Polk would have told you that he didn't consider himself a physical runner back no. in those days. No, but I thought it was interesting, you know, the comment that he made is he wants to make it difficult it's, I want to make it difficult for you to tackle me, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't mind my shoulder being put down and making things violent. So, you know, just a couple of those things that just kind of set his mindset. And, and by the way, I would not describe Richard Newton as outgoing and gregarious. It's kind of that low tone. 
you know, the scary low tones, you know, yeah. loud we'll, guys. We'll see what's coming. Yeah. We'll see guys. what the audio sounds like when, uh, he, he had the microphone yeah. real close to him too. So I know. Yeah. we'll see. It's like I say, the loud guys, you know, what's coming. It's those quiet guys. You never know. And he looked like a scary menacing dude up there. Did you sense that a little bit? Jack? Oh yeah. And if I'm a linebacker and you know, you see that head tilt up, I'm, I'm, I'm running for the hedges, man. I mean, I'm getting, bulldozed over so one of the things i'll say is there's a part in in uh the richard newton interview when you guys hear it it, where they ask him about his nicknames that that'll make you laugh but one of the funniest lines was from uh vic kern when they asked about his glasses and he says well my mom always said i listen better when i've got my glasses on (laughs) so that was funny these Sometimes you get guys who just are not good with the media, don't like talking to the media, don't feel comfortable. And then you get guys like we had today. Henry did pretty well, Henry Bainabalu. Uh, but Vic Kern, great to talk to. He talked about, he was just like, I didn't know anything about West Coast football. He's smart. That's yeah. the first time with the media. Yeah, like, he, yeah, he first time with the personal. media. Yeah, and then Richard Newton, first time with the media, that I can remember, first time with the media. And, um, yeah, he he was... He, he he had some funny things to say. Seemed very natural talking to the media. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, wrap this up. Uh, final Scott. Final uh, thoughts, Scott. Yeah, final thoughts. Just thought it was a really good day for the offense. One of the best days I've seen them have in fall camp in a long time, honestly. Um, there were some interceptions. There were some mistakes on the offense's part. That's There's no doubt about that. But I just thought they played really well. I thought they came out. They took it to the defense several times. Um, they made some plays. They didn't make in the, it, well, the unfortunate thing was they got down in scoring position twice on that last possession where they start at their own 40 with a minute and 30 seconds and down seven. And, um, they couldn't punch it in either time, but one time they got down to the two first and goal at the two. And then they, they didn't get in. That's disappointing. So, um, you know, it, it is what it is, but I, I just thought the offense did did well and the defense made some plays too. So good good overall day today. Jack McCauley? Yeah. Um kind of, you know, backing up going off piggybacking off Scott here. I thought the offense looked really good. Um Dylan Morris, uh he's grown a lot and I think that's something that people should be pleased to hear is be you know, the growth between not only last season to spring, but spring to fall. He's um He's really looked good, and I thought the wide receivers had a great day. Uh, that's really encouraging to see. Um, defense, I think, looks solid. You know, like Scott said, offense couldn't punch it in. I think that I think that's a good sign for the defense. You know, that run defense is a big concern. You know, Stanford, that's where they really had advantage was in the first and goal situations, being able to punch it in real easy, and the defense really stood up um, to a really good offensive line and is able to uh, get in some runs, get in some run stuffs. Uh, other defensive notes, I thought Sermon and Hamuli were excellent. I think the linebacker core is 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 really exciting to watch. Jack, you're still in school, but uh, when does uh, when does school start for you? Oh, we start school late September. They moved it back um, even further, so it's like September 27th or something like that. That Wednesday, I don't move up until about the 15th ish. So I got another month at home there. Two two of the years I went to school here. We started September 30th and October 1st. Yeah, we're right around that. So it's right Last week into September. Being an intern for dogman.com, are you kind of a rock star on campus? Yeah, you know, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to get too much into it, but I'll just say it. I'll, we'll just leave it at that. He thinks he found his replacement, too. I did. Okay, we'll see. <laughs> but, um, you know, practice next week. I think we're here Monday, Tuesday. 
Yeah, and then Wednesday, Thursday off. Wednesday, Thursday off. And then back Friday, Saturday, and that's it. Yeah, Saturday's um, a later practice or something. I think it's noon to 2. Usually it's 10 to noon, but I think that one's noon to 2. It's the only one that's different. Is that Fan Fest or something? Yeah, I think it's the Fan Fest. Yeah, so we'll do that. And um, what's interesting about that also, um, you know, Mike Hopkins and the basketball team will have their elite camp uh, next weekend as well. Um, next Saturday and Sunday, so they'll have their top guys. So probably have some stuff on basketball coming up right after that. So um, other than that, we're just grinding through. So uh, for all of us at dogvan.com, I'm Kim Grenolds along with Scott Eklund and intern Jack. Go dogs. <laughs>